You are listening to Ordinary Prayers, an invitation to listen for the presence of God in the ordinary parts of life. Now let us take this time to prepare our hearts and minds to pray. Today is Wednesday, August 8th, 2018, and we read from Psalm 34. Psalm 34 comes with a superscription written above the actual words of the psalm, and it says of David, when he feigned madness before Abimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. The story comes from 1 Samuel chapter 21. David is fighting the Philistines while trying to escape from King Saul, who is also trying to kill him. He is captured by the Philistine king Achish and pretends to be mad. Achish cannot believe a strong military leader would act like this and lets him go. The psalm's superscription replaces Achish with King Abimelech of Gerar, a king feared by both Abraham and Isaac. This presents a problem for many casual Bible readers. The writers were concerned with emphasizing important points rather than historical accuracy. The psalm is about fear, and plays on the two uses of that word in Hebrew, namely, fear of dangerous people or circumstances, and fear of the Lord. The one fear, destructive of human life, is overcome by the other, which gives life. As you listen, what fears remain present in your life, and how do you understand fear of the Lord? Let us listen to Psalm 34, verses 1-8. through I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried, and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Crowds flock to see the Dalai Lama wherever he travels. He commands respect from those who don't even share his Buddhist beliefs. There is something about his calm demeanor and gentle voice which radiates joy. Perhaps visitors think just by being in his presence, he will help them discover peace. 
Strangely, the Dalai Lama's life has been anything but peaceful. At the age of two, Buddhist spiritual leaders determined him to be the 14th Dalai Lama. They removed him from his parents and raised him in relative isolation in a remote Buddhist monastery. Before they could remove him, though, the regional governor of the area, placed in power by the Chinese government, learned of his presence. He had the child and his family arrested. Tibetan leaders pretended the boy was not the Dalai Lama and spent two years of negotiating his freedom. At the age of 15, the Dalai Lama assumed full responsibility for the Tibetan people. His first duty was to negotiate a peaceful resolution between Tibet and China. For centuries, China sought to control and occupy Tibet. Any hopes of a peaceful outcome ended in 1959 with the Tibetan uprising. The uprising resulted in the death of over 80,000 Tibetans. It also placed the Dalai Lama in danger and forced him to flee the country of his birth and identity. To escape, the Dalai Lama disguised himself as a palace guard. He was forced to remove his glasses to avoid detection. The small group headed off on a three-week journey on foot into the Himalayan mountains. They endured blinding snow and sandstorms as the ill-equipped group climbed through 19,000-foot mountain passes. In the Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World, which chronicles a series of conversations between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, the Dalai Lama reflects on this event in his life. Looking back, he saw suffering as a path towards happiness. In the midst of his own pain, through prayer and meditation, he was able to see the suffering of others more clearly. Seeing others helped him understand all the sides of his own event. This vision of things led him to recite a Tibetan saying, Wherever you have friends, that's your country. And wherever you receive love, that's your home. To me, reading Psalm 34, it seemed the Buddhist way of saying, Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's the kind of wisdom one only receives in prayer. Who do you view as a peaceful and happy person, and how much of their happiness is the result of enduring pain? Consider your own suffering. Where do you see the suffering of others? When you pray, do you start with your own needs or those of others? you to take this time to pray. Pray for the poor, the hungry, and the refugee. Pray for the wisdom and strength to respond in faith to the needs of others.
Let us listen one more time to Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried, and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Let us pray a prayer from the Tezei community. Jesus, our peace, you never abandon us, and the Holy Spirit always opens a way forward, the way which consists in casting ourselves into God as into the depths. An astonishment arises. These depths are not an abyss of darkness. They are God, phantomless depths of compassion and innocence. In your loving name we pray. Amen. Now may God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine, bless you and grant you the gifts of faith, hope, and love. Amen.